0: Get a
1: grip on lighting coming in here. At going, we we always go both directions at once as well. Hey, Greg,
0: <laughs> that's right, always this way, uh, that way,
1: this way, that way. <laughs> hey, uh, we're we got Ellis on today, and Leslie Matt from TCP. Go to, you know, I love talking to Ellis. I could talk to that guy every day. I, I can see Stop. why he does those daily calls with his factory. Everyone just loves talking to Ellis. He's so awesome, always excited, always informed, intelligent. Man, love Ellis Yon, Greg.
0: That's right, and, and Leslie brings a nice, fresh perspective to it, too. It's good to have both of them, a nice combo guest package. That's what we bring to you.
1: And this episode of the show, not a coincidence, is brought to you by TCPI.com. That's TCP, Greg, the craziest people in lighting.
0: Talking about going both directions at once. How often? So I saw a lot of four-foot T8 light bulbs, T8 tubes, type B. Show, Aren't you okay? a hot
1: shot, hey big guy? Yeah,
0: big <laughs> big lighting professional here. I go in and I sell it, all right? And then I look at it and I say, oh, they've got, I think it's that Kelvin temp. I'm going to put this tube in. You go in and I say, oh, my God, that's too bright. I'm like, hold on a second. What do you mean it's too bright? Oh, you had 35K? I got to change everything? We already put 200 tubes in. Yeah, yeah, you got to change everything. So we're going to put all on box back in there, and we got to try to resell them, and it's a nightmare. And it's happened more than once, even from an experienced lighting professional like myself. So what is TCP doing? A color-selectable Type-B LED tube. Come on. 35K, man. 4K, and 5K on the same tube. No more jacking around with Kelvins. Just sell it, select it, install it, move on. Boom! Another hot
1: product coming out from TCP. That's tcpi dot com. I think that's a great idea, actually. You know, I for really sure. do. Um, you know, it's like the uh, it's like universal voltage ballasts. Like, thank God.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Come on, man! Like, unfortunately, they don't have a one twenty to three forty seven volt in Canada. You know, I, I I talk to people. Please make this, but that's such a great great product. And thank you for. For TCP for making it. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Folks, go to nail.org, get associated. LS Evolve is out. My people love it. Greg's people love it. you got to get into LS Evolve. Come on, man. But for right now, Ellis Yawn, go in both directions at once. Get a grip on lighting. Welcome back, Ellis and Leslie.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so we're here to talk about. Uh, I think Greg, the most pertinent issue right now, and you know, for distributors, is price increases. Would you say, Greg, Eric?
0: Yeah, we're kind of 2021 overview outlook is what I'm is what I'm thinking as a whole. And we've talked to a few people in the industry, and and a lot of it, the talk has been price increases. I got your letter. I did comment on another podcast. I liked it compared to some of the others, and I'll share why. But is that what you guys are seeing? Price increases. Coming.
4: yeah because what happens is this actually happens for the last three four months uh it's overall it's to a point we cannot uh again uh, 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 more hits I mean the the, the common way right now not just the material side we're talking about a 50 percent increase on the on the shipping cost it's
3: up to 60 percent.
4: Right up to 60%, okay? I mean, it used to be a 4,000 container to Cleveland. Right now, it's like $6,500, $6,600, $6, okay? Now, uh, the issue is if it's so temporary, that's one thing. But we do not see that. We do not see this is a temporary issue. Uh, I even challenged my U.S. team, China team. Last night, I was talking to Solomon. I said, Solomon, what's going on? So, you know, I mean, the holiday season is over, right? If the holiday season is over, normally you will drop uh, at least a thirty, forty percent of volume in the in the normal time. Mm-hmm. But what happened this time? But he basically saying he said, Yeah, because we couldn't get a containers here. Okay? So in other words, all the containers end up in the US not coming back to China.
3: So they're actually like boring bald out in the ocean, outside of the port, just sitting there because they're not, or they're not being redeployed. The the ships are being more involved and the containers aren't being redeployed back. So it's bizarre. And then that 60% includes domestic shipping as well. So once it gets here, getting it to where our customers need has increased astronomically over the last few weeks.
4: Yes, and we have a way to watch. Now this is how interesting it is. We have to wait to watch how many boats in the ocean. We know exactly how many, that's how detail we get. It's just getting more and more and more boats in the ocean, not docked, because there's an unloading issue right now. Okay, for whatever the reason for pa- uh, pandemic, this and that, it just dramatically slowed down. So, one side, uh, the, the boats cannot dock being unloaded. The other side, even docked at the loading speed, is very, very slow compared to used to be. And after being unloaded to our side, then, you know, the container cannot go back to China. So we really do not see anything, any improvements um, between now and in the middle of the year. We just don't see On the it. On
3: logistics side. Right.
4: We just don't see it at all.
0: Okay. And, and and that think even cause a more
4: problem to us right now.
3: With uh, well,
0: yeah. Oh, that's because of uh, when they're unloading, you're saying there's a labor issue? Is that? Is it people that are not... Um, at the ports to actually physically unload it, and that's why everybody's yeah, delayed?
4: We, we, we don't know exactly, but logically, it got to be less people. Otherwise, the boat is there. How come the container is not off the boat?
3: You there's see what I mean? There's a huge backup, and whether it's in the Customs Border Patrol or wherever along the chain that is, there's just a more significant delay than there used to be. All
4: right. So that that being
3: said, that's on one side, right?
4: So, so the other side is because of that. Let's say a container used from Cleveland for Shanghai to Cleveland is twenty-five days. Now stretch out to forty days, which means wow. our carrying cost is high now. Extra fifteen days of the carrying cost. All right, guys. Time because is money. The Time is money. Cannot touch.
1: Time is money. Yep. Time is money.
4: The extra 15 days become additional carrying costs. Okay. So number three, I don't know. Yes.
1: I was going to say that I've noticed it. So you're noticing macroeconomic trends. You're talking about like macroeconomic trends at the top end, shipping costs, material cost, uncertainty in logistics and these different things. I've noticed like micro things that are very strange on the other end, like as receiving calls from customers that want to buy light bulbs. Very interesting. We've been getting very all manner of calls from weird areas of Canada where they don't have any light bulbs anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you get calls from uh, a small town or in New Brunswick. Hey, do you guys have any F ninety six T twelve daylight HO? Like New Brunswick is in totally out, for example. Like the there's yeah, no no, no one that, in the yeah. province has any. Or like, you know, right. there's all like, that's just one that happened this morning. So the total, all the Eastern area of Canada is out of F96 T12 daylight high output in all brands. There's none in the provinces out there and nobody can find any. And there's, you know, like that's just a one skew old lamp. But I I think that what's happening is the supply chain is collapsing in certain areas because of COVID-19 measures and, and restrictions. And this is causing um, uh, costs to rise. So, for example, if you're in New Brunswick, you now have to pay for an 8-foot skid to go from Ontario to New Brunswick before, like in smaller quantities, before that electrical distributor or that lighting distributor in that province prices the lamp. That tripled the price of that lamp in that province. Tripled it. Just that one bulb. Went from 6 bucks to $18 now. That's the cost for them to get it. And that's that's, a, that's that's an interesting like micro example of the macro trends that you're talking about, the collapsing of supply chains and, and the way things are happening because of COVID-19. I think this is- Yeah, because,
4: right, Michael, you're 100% correct. Because for us, okay, let's say, uh, you would have two ways to look at this, okay? One way is take the hit. Tell people that keep your pipeline going. That's one way to do it, that's how we do it. Another way kind of sit back and say, okay, let's weather out this whole thing. Is that potential price will coming down, okay? Mm-hmm. See how things getting better. If you take that approach, then you shutting your channel down. Mm-hmm. And plus more shipping time, go so on so forth. And all of a sudden, okay, actually this thing's already happening, let's say before the holidays. holidays just make the whole thing worse. But people hoping after holidays is getting better. Guess what? It's not getting better. And all of a sudden people say, oops,
1: we're out. That's why you, you ever hear like um, when, you, when you hear about war stories or prisoners uh, in Vietnam and stuff like that. They always talk about how the optimists die first. You know, you ever hear that saying? People yeah. that are optimistic, yeah. they always die first. Because they're always thinking, it's going to be over by Christmas. It's going to be over by New Year's. Next year is going to be different. I'm so optimistic. For sure. This is all. And then there's other people that are pessimistic. I'm not pessimistic or optimistic. I think today has enough problems for me to solve. And I'm just going to be in today and try to make a buck. Try to sell some light bulbs today. I'm not worried about what's happening in three months and stuff I can't control. So for you guys to say there's a price increase, anybody that disputes it is tone deaf, doesn't know what's going on, is not operating their business and not listening to their customers because all of the customers on my end are also prepared for a price increase. They're ready for it right. too.
4: Right. So uh, approach you are taking, actually, we took that approach in December, beginning of December, because uh, like you said, we tell people the truth. This is going to happen. Yeah. Not like we're we a fortune teller here. We're just facing the reality, guys. Here's what's happening. Okay, exactly. Because we need to keep the pipeline going. Another thing, actually, is pretty bad. Okay, a, a year ago, exactly a year ago, right now, exchange rate is one two seven. Today, this morning, I just checked. Exchange rate is one to six point
1: four seven. I think it's hilarious how Americans have no idea about world currencies. They only think most Americans think only in U.S. dollars. I'm a Canadian, so I'm always aware of the currency exchange between the American and the Canadian dollar, okay. and but the, yeah, that's a massive impact on. on it's a massive
4: impact. Massive you, impact. Huge. It's a huge impact. It's a huge impact. You are talking about seven to eight bucks or seven seven to eight percent. It's gone, gone, mm. gone. It's over. So they, this is uh, uh uh we we are okay, like you guys said, you know. We, we as a company, we tell people the truth. Doesn't matter if they like or not. Okay. We stand firm. We make sure our customer being serviced. Okay. We keep things going, but we also know it's tough. I personal opinion is between now and at the end of the June, first half of this year, nothing is going to get any better. Nothing. I'm, I'm just think- hoping things stay the way it is right now. Stay the way it is. You, not no. even you at, think there's- it's not getting worse. I'm, I'm be very happy things are getting worse.
1: It's actually yeah, easier for things to get worse than for things to get better. Like a lot of people think it's, it's going to go back to normal or whatever they're talking about. I, my advice to everybody is you're in today. Okay. Right now you worry about selling light bulbs right now, buddy, pick up that phone, make that call, make that sales call. Don't worry about what's going to happen in three to six months. Cause nobody has any idea. Check your cash flow. Make sure you have cash in the bank because it can very easily get worse. Easily get worse. It cannot easily get better. Those two things are different. We need good leadership. We need uh, luck. We need uh, a lot of things to happen for things to get better. And so you you should definitely be in the day today and dealing with what's happening right now and not worry about "Eh, it's going to get better in three months. Well. No, I'm not so sure. No. No.
3: Yeah, and I'm concerned that we're going to have a lot of people that look at it that way and then continue to quote and demand and request at lower and lower levels just because they're living in, well, it should get better or we want it to get better, mm-hmm. where the reality is the cost is the cost. And there's only so much we as a manufacturer can do to change those costs. And it's just the reality of what's happening.
1: Well, there's a positive spin here, too, and a lot of people don't, um, don't realize this, but uh, most distributors have their pricing on, as a percentage of the cost from the manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. So when a manufacturer says we're increasing the price, well, as long as you've structured it correctly to be a percentage, then your gross profit is going to go up. Correct. If you increase the price. Oh, you have to yeah <laughs> so it, let's let's say whatever you mark up you mark it up one point three five percent say like whatever your mark one point three to one point six that's a that's a multiplication number so if the price goes up from your manufacturer, your price should go up to your clients. It's very simple, and then wow. the reality is you will make more money that's actually more actual gross profit so I used to pretend prices went up. I used to pretend it back when I had more sales. Oh, the prices went up. Percentage. I'm so I'm like, I'm not totally like when it comes to these things, I'm not afraid to do things like that. I think that's kind of funny because then you force the salespeople. You tell them, yeah, there was a price increase. So now you have to sell for more. Whoa. And then they go sell for more and you move on with your life and that's it.
3: They complain for a week and then they're good.
1: Exactly. Prices go up. Prices go up. It happens. The
3: interesting thing that I hope for the lighting market that happens too is that this race to the bottom kind of stops because I feel like as an industry, we've been in that huge, you know, what's the cheapest, what's the cheapest, what's the cheapest. And hopefully by some of these price increases coming out, that will stop a bit Yeah, because we can't maintain it as an industry.
4: Can I say one positive things? It's kind of real positive things. Okay.
3: Well, I thought that was a positive. And that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah.
4: yeah. But there's a reason to that so-called race to the bottom. Okay. okay. Uh, let, let's say a year ago or even nine months ago, a year ago. I mean, all our uh, distributors getting the email for all the Chinese manufacturers. Yep. Right. So many. That's the part of the race down to the bottom. Sure. That Chinese coded themselves $1 less than the other they just go on and on, on. Right. So that's why I'm sure the, you guys got those two all the time, right? The time. Then, you know, mm-hmm. the distributor kind of using that as a weapon to deal with us. And, hey, so-and-so has a low price this and that. Mm-hmm. So among the electrical distributor, among ourselves, our competitors with the competition, now you put another layer from the China side, right? Mm-hmm. That portion is gone, right? Because mm-hmm. today, all our electrical distributors really want to have the local service now. So they're kind of not really looking. So-called China manufacturing is their source anymore, yeah. because they they cannot deal with the China source anymore. They have to buy locally. How soon can you ship? Okay, are you shipped on time? Are you shipped today? Uh, we want to use you as the, our warehouse. Blah blah blah. So this local service become critically important mm-hmm. as a today's environment.
1: Can I comment sure. on that qu- quickly, Greg? But I know you. I know you've been jumping in here, but I, I would <laughs> like to. I would like to start. Um, a backlash. So one of the most popular business terms in America since about the launch of Google in 1998 or whatever is the, the phrase creative destruction, okay? And I am so sick of hearing about creative destruction and, and innovation and how Silicon Valley is going to save the world and all this sort of stuff you know what creative destruction has caused so many problems for consumers in the lighting business in the last 10 years. Um, you have, and I like to call those people that become, you know, overnight sensation, Chinese importer manufacturer people, you have 50 grand, you go buy a bunch of stuff from China, bring in a container. And now you're a manufacturer. I call those guys, Johnny come lately in the lighting marauders, you know, these, these people that You know, if the sooner we get them out of the industry, the better off everyone is going to be from the healthier, from the manufacturers, to the distributors, to the agents, to the contractors. And then most importantly, to the end user customers, because that creative destruction, anyone can start a business and be disruptive and all this has caused so many problems in lighting. Now, I don't know about other industries, but in lighting, it's been a disaster for um for the the strong and so i i would like to say that phrase i want it out of lighting creative destruction i don't like it i think it's i think it's a bad way to look at the industry greg eric
4: you are right. absolutely this is truly bad yeah. i mean oh, there's always good or bad this uh, this uh, situation pandemic happened right now yeah. really help us to eliminate that to come back to the normal life in a way. Not normal by the normal life. Normal lighting life, okay? Mm. Which has to be locally serviced. Service people for a short period of time forgot this service, okay? Because this destruction coming in, try to turn us upside down, inside out. They forgot how important service is, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, you're 100% right.
0: Yeah, I want to ask something about destruction. But before I do, one more thing on the supply chain. Chinese New Year is coming up. Woo! Is that going to be worse this really year? Is there... It doesn't matter. This okay. Chinese
4: New Year, okay, let me let me tell you this. Uh, uh, there's a misperception about a Chinese New Year in the past, okay? Because the Chinese national holiday is seven days. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why this Chinese New Year become perception about, oh, my goodness, things will slow down? The reason for that is very simple, because some people wanted to go home a week before the Chinese New Year and come back the week after week of the after week. So that's a perception. Okay. So, you know, Just
3: like we do around Christmas, where a lot of people take like December 15th, and then they don't come back till after the beginning of the year. Okay. Same kind of
4: deal. So for us, it's very simple. All our employees in China, they go home the day before the Chinese U.S. Eve. Everybody coming back. Everybody follow the seven days of stuff. Okay. So in order to, to do that, the company has to take a lot of responsibility. For instance, two months in ahead, we basically buy all the train tickets, this and that. So we organize everybody. Say, okay, when do you go home? When do you come back? We will make sure all those guys get their tickets, this and that, everything's done. So you're able to bring people back on time and this and that. Okay? So for us, there's not really interrupting. Just to think about these seven days. You know what happened during the Chinese national holiday? That was a seven days too. Nobody talked about that. It just happened on October 1st because October 1st, just next to the another holiday called the Moon Festival, if you add all those holidays together, actually, China during the first week of October, the entire country was off, but nobody will talk about it. Now the Chinese New Year, also seven days. Now it's a big talk about the actually no big deal. That's number one, number one. So that's from a manufacturing point of view. Okay, number two, okay, number two. Uh, uh, all we worry about is when does the Chinese customs open up? That's critical because otherwise you cannot get your things out.
2: <laughs>
4: and the Chinese customs usually follow the national holidays. So on the eighth day, they are open. So not really that issue over there, okay? Uh, but this year, even more interesting because we can have a container stuck in the harbor more than 10 days. I mean, so what's the big deal about seven days on the Chinese New Year? You know what I mean? It's like, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how we see it,
3: okay? Uh, I would be more concerned about there being bigger, or always concern is when containers aren't moving at the speed that we want the containers to move and it gets out of our control as a manufacturer because yes we might say our people get the national holiday and we help to organize and execute it so that it's a smooth transition for them but if their harbor labor and their people don't move at that same pace that's where we see the delays is when the containers aren't able to be filled, when they aren't able to turn. Yes, customs is open, but are their group of individuals that are moving those containers onto the ships moving at that right. same speed?
4: So, normally, this is what we tell people, okay? Yes, because this perception issue, we tell people you need to kind of increase your, your forecast before Chinese New Year by one week, okay? So we can load it up for you just for that week then we will catch up right after that week so based on that so far even our largest account worked out very nicely okay we don't really have any panic issue this and that blah 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 uh, on the manufacturing point of view right now china not yeah. that chinese manufacturing base still humming. okay the country still have some issues about pandemic but you know what the chinese government able to handle and all our people over there, it's all cool and uh, no, no issues at all. So we do not have any issues. I mean, we still uh, do what we used to do. We let people go home two days before Chinese New Year and we have to tell everybody. And, and you know what? We even do a, uh, an incentive, okay? If you come back on time, we will give people about $100. If you come back on time.
0: Nice all right so no no concern there but how about with the now on the 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 raw material price and and the increase in that cost as a manufacturer is there going to be less innovation on product and more focus on what you have currently um or do you see more or where do you see that that going because of uh prices increase
3: So (laughs) such a
0: great question.
3: Yeah. And we're a little different. We always take a a different approach on things and where others might say, we're going to consolidate and we're going to eliminate. We're over there going, what else can we build? What, where's a market? What can we service? And how can we help to differentiate ourselves even more as we come out of whatever this is right now to offer better service, more innovative products and more interesting things in the marketplace. So Yes, the raw materials thing is an issue with price points. However, it hasn't stopped us as TCP from coming out with new products or different ideas.
4: You cannot beat on the same thing again, again, again. Metal is metal. You know There's nothing you can do about it. If you want to have exactly the same products, exactly the same products, and hopefully you can get another 3 uh, to 5% off on a yearly basis, it's a dream. It, it, it won't happen. Okay, now. That being said, we do have issues on the material side. So our team right now work extremely hard. That's why I don't sleep at night, okay? Is this, okay? You look at application, okay? Then you have to using your imagination. Is there any other way I can deliver the lights? Will reduce my cost. You mm-hmm. have to look at another way. For the, nine, the next 90 days, we're going to release some very creative more more products. products. Very creative. Do the exactly same thing, but reduce the cost. But you cannot beat on exactly the same thing, okay? No, you cannot do that because it's impossible. I told people I cannot rob the bank. The only thing you want me to do, but I can give you a very, very creative alternative solution here, okay? Which able to accomplish that. So that's what we're doing. So like I said, in 90 days, you are going to see TCP dramatically releasing a huge line of the products, they perform the same way, but they look a little bit different. Okay, that's, that's how we do it. Now we don't know how the market is going to respond to that. We will see.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the the trends I'm seeing, or we're seeing in the industry, is is color selectable on a lot of items, including something I know you guys have coming out. We're not going into product as much here, but does that that should cost you more to make that because now you're offering an exactly. option one, one skew that has all these different colors. You have to put a lot more material in it. It's great for me as a distributor and an end user has flexibility. But from your standpoint, you're you're paying even more than you used to.
4: You see, it's called perception issue. OK, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, if you look at the selectable downlights and you ask yourself, you look at your marketing data, you ask yourself, what is the most popular color? I don't know about Canada. OK, in the U.S., we find out 70 percent is 3000K. Six inches. Okay. Now, if a three thousand K six inches is your sixty to seventy percent of the volume, why do you have to put a fifty percent more cost to make a color selectable with five colors? With the five colors, yeah. for what? And you cost people three more dollars to do it. So we went both directions at the same time. You want a color selection? Here's color selection. However, I have an alternative for you. <laughs> it's a low cost, one color, here we go.
1: That's how we do it. You know what's interesting about that? Does that
4: make sense? That, that,
1: totally, makes totally. Sense. I'm gonna get I'm gonna tell you a little anecdote. Okay. So um when in two thousand seven to eight I started to buy my dad's shares in Atlas Lighting. Okay. So I got all excited. I think I was twenty seven. I don't know. 27, something like that. 28. And I was like, all it up. And so um, I looked at our shipping and all this kind of thing. And I called this consultant and I talked to him and everybody in Nailed knows this consultant, but I'm not giving him any free press because I like him, but I'm not going to give him any free publicity here. Um, but uh, he said to me, your company's not big enough to be efficient. And I thought that was super interesting, right? It's like an interesting idea. Like, in order for you to do something to think like that you need scale but also scope and scale together you need to be able to have the volume of orders and the volume of customers in order to think that way if you're not big enough and you're not in your and your product line is whatever the depth of that that's depth i mean you have to carry those skus i mean most manufacturers are not going to be big enough to say yeah we're going to do both we're going to what was the name of both directions at once? Both are good ideas. Um that's a that's a an interesting uh you know, way to look at it, but you need scale and size to be able to do it. You can't do it any other way. Correct. Correct. All right, Greg, so back to you. We do.
4: I mean, oh, we no. follow the training, we do CCT with every single product you can think about, but it will also pay attention to the sixty to seventy percent what that is.
2: Mm.
0: Now. You guys have a big line of uh, commercial product and you also have residential. Uh, with the right. COVID-19, a lot of people were staying home. Did your residential sales go up compared to your commercial yes. last year? Yeah. Significantly? Yeah. yeah
3: it's
4: about 30%. 30%. Wow. That's why we uh, we talk about this color flip, right? That's why we got a huge response back from the the color flip, which is twenty-seven forty-one and twenty-seven so that's why we're helping people have two colors in their house in one light bulb using the switch on the wall. So that's also kind of kind of match to what you're talking about. People stay home longer. People work at home longer. Now they need a different lighting, but they they only have one socket. So what do you do? <laughs> so we that's this concept. <laughs> It's called a come-off trip, we put together. It's getting very popular now. Everybody's like,
3: wow, oh, this
0: is really cool. Yeah, because before, people weren't in their homes long enough to really care. You know, it's like, get the light on, Correct. do my thing, get out. Now they're Correct. here all the time. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. you well, got
3: they're, it. They're using spaces that they might not have used before, too, you know, to, or use your dining room for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but now you're using it as your workstation or your homeschool station where – you're actually utilizing that. And it's like, oh, that old incandescent that I never turned on actually burned out. Now what do I do?
4: Then I will say, hey, I work in a school. they using 4100K. The kids getting used to it. This 4100K in the school classroom, right? Mm. So you want to give them some the same static, okay? That's why this color flip
1: can be very easy. All you have to do is uh, switch on the wall. Switch
4: on the wall.
3: when your work
1: is done. That's where the, the, sorry to interrupt you, all, but it just occurred to me that's where like human centric lighting and health effects and all these types of things, the idea of consumer choice and preference and human centric lighting are not, or like, you know, c- controlled lighting. So you can set it to what you want. Those two things are opposite goals. You can't have those two things together. All okay. right. So if you say to someone, we're going to have what we want, it because we, we've had people like live in that cogn- cognitive dissonance, like, You can't hold those two ideas at once, right? Because they don't work together. I think HCL, the biggest challenge or integrated lighting, whatever the name of this is, the biggest challenge is overcoming personal preference. They have to be able to like say to people, Greg. No, no, no. I know you want 41K or 27K, but it's 1 o'clock, in your latitude and longitude is this. So the sunlight is actually 5,000K right now. So that's what you should have. And people are going to be like, what is this guy talking about? I want it to be 27K. I want it to be 41K. I don't care what position the sun is at or whatever it is with HCL. That's, that's going to be a really difficult thing to overcome in the sales. That's weak coming We to tell people, say, screw those guys, okay? You don't need anything of those. All you have to do is flip the switch on the wall. You get it. Go about. Have a good life. Yes, I I actually (laughs) think think that most people are going to prefer that, Greg. They're going to be like, I don't follow the sun and it changes. I just Uh, want it to be the color I like. I want it to be this color.
4: Exactly.
3: Exactly. Well, and we've had a lot of people come back to us and say, I don't like it. It's too blue or it's not this or it's not that. It's interesting.
4: For instance, okay, for instance, Canada, okay. I think in Canada, because you are more north than we are, you have sometimes in the winter time people like to have a more five thousand k, right? So, so for that, so again, in one light box, winter time you turn up, you flip, flip into five thousand k. The winter's over, you flip back to twenty seven hundred.
1: I I think the only way to truly and and uh, you know, hey, look, there's going to be some people that you know, where they're going to come on and argue with me. I think if you want to have human-centric lighting or health effects of lighting, you got to go with skylights and sun tunnels. Like you actually have to bring the natural light inside. I think trying, I mean, the idea of like following the sun and this sort of stuff, I don't think I don't know if people are gonna buy it that much. I I don't I just I sell lighting to people, the person who uses it every day. And if I can't do it and Greg can't do it, I don't know, man. You know, I I don't know if any But I try
4: our, you know, we will retrofit your two houses with our color flip. Okay, (laughs) hey, your guys will love it. You don't need anything.
1: (laughs) But that's not that's not human centric lighting. That's choice. That's that's consumer preference or personal preference, right? I think it's they're going to have a hard time. It's going to be there's something's going to have to happen to make that that make that to, to get overcome the personal preference thing, which is so powerful. People want to choose,
3: and there's that whole One, cost too. No. We, nope. we haven't seen a lot of people want to invest in that. Like they want it in theory because it sounds cool, but they don't want to invest the additional.
4: All right, resources I, I call in. that as a poor man's choice. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the flip. You just keep the flip, that That's in right? There,
1: well, <laughs> 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 right.
0: And uh Alice, we've asked you in the past on trends too with um fixtures and bulbs. We kind of if you categorize it as that. I know some fixtures are kind of kits, retrofits, whatever you might call it. What are you guys seeing as a manufacturer? More people buying bulbs or tubes and that type versus oh, fixtures?
4: Oh, well, oh, because there's training stuff going on here is this. If you look at the retrofit market today, okay, if you talk about utility program, okay? Mm-hmm. If you calculate all the costs, including how to take the old body out, including how you're going to dispose that old body, if you add all the costs out, actually fixture is very expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That's why today the TA tubes will still life and humming and happy for a simple reason. Because this, in terms of labor cost, TA tubes retrofitted is the cheapest, easiest way to do it. Not only well, that, it
3: though, that it's back to choice and preference, too, where you have that contractor, you have that facility manager, you have that building owner wanting to just say, Yeah, that sounds great, but I want to do this or I want to do that. You just too many people want that choice of flipping a fixture or putting in bulbs. It's really interesting.
4: To watch. So end up with the same thing, TA tubes are the same way, light bulbs are the same way, filament bulbs are the same way. I'll give you one, uh, guys, uh, in, a, in a, another idea. If you look at the Las Vegas, we see more and more light bulbs instead of fixture because they want to still keep the same looking. It's impossible to put a modern fixture into those buildings. So you are see, I'm, I'm almost going say at this point, 50-50 split. 50-50 split.
1: I, I think I think the industry's I think the industry has gotten um, over and it's starting to bleed into the consumers has gotten over the idea that um, LEDs oh. last forever. Big problem there, mm-hmm. right? So you know, people drank that Kool Aid, and Greg and I were always suspicious of that. Like anybody that sold light bulbs for a long time and knows how they calculate rated average life, so how that calculation is made. Right would know that, come on, man, I've been in business for 350,000 hours, this company, Atlas Lighting. That's a lot of light bulbs burning out. Why are LEDs going to be any different? I think it's more responsible for this industry to guide the consumers towards modular things that can be replaced, and you don't have to throw out a whole fixture. Um, Correct. I think that's more responsible, environmentally responsible, waste, costs, for a bunch of different reasons. And Correct. so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very. Um, I'm. I'm. I think our industry needs to go back and turn back towards those ANSI codes. The way in the future you're going to have to want to change this, and and however that translates into the world of LED, I think it's very important.
0: One one sub or uh, antidote to that is as we did our we do our yearly meeting every January, kind of review our last year and all that stuff, and we have a form on our website that we have as a defective form. If somebody calls in and says I have something defective, they fill out this form, then we submit it to whoever the manufacturer might be that we got it from, and work it through that angle. Uh, three years ago, we had 450 claims. This year, we had 80. So I'm, I think that's that's kind of trending too, along with what you said, Michael. People are starting to understand that you know they are they are going to go bad. And in the past, it was like, well, these are, these only lasted me four years. Well, that's four four years is pretty good. I know it's five year, but you know, whatever it might be. So I think that's that's what you're seeing is that is that trend, and I agree on that, that um, we see that. How about from your standpoint on TCP? Are you guys getting more or less effective claims in the past? I know you're good. We you don't have product go bad, but you get a lot of people asking you about warranty or getting into the specifics on warranties.
3: We're starting to see more people that were early adopter LED people um, come to us and say, when did I buy this? Is it still under warranty? Is it still you know am I covered? Am I? We're starting to see a lot of that um, more so than an increase in like claims. And I think we're starting to see a lot more people that went one direction um, as far as like integrated track heads coming back to us and saying, "What's the screw and socket equivalent you um, do to convert back? Yeah, I think that's an interesting. Thing that we see or i get requests for all the time
4: yeah no it's a lot but again i mean we've been doing this for for so long yeah. so we have to deal with the history like you guys said the first generation of the led out there for how many years now okay it has been for about uh, almost 10 years so we got a lot of those things you know we try to do as much as we can but people it like you said say this should last forever no they don't
3: we see a lot of it on the retail side, right. too, where we see a lot of people come to us. And for some reason, like, we have people coming to us for other manufacturers' things, too, which I think is interesting and bizarre. But they keep coming <laughs> and saying, like, well, I bought this four years ago, and it, it burned out. And the guy that sold it to me said it lasts forever. Well, number one, you're calling their own company. And we're really sorry to hear that.
1: Because- but we still try to do the best we can. Yeah. But that
4: was the,
3: you know what
1: though? That was the communications even from like in 2015, 2016. The communication from many manufacturers was that idea. This idea of, yeah, if you put it in and you're gonna retire by the time there was a lot of that at Light Fair in 2014, 15, 16. Sure. And, then it, and then you started to see be a little bit backpedal. Now we're gonna backpedal on that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a 100, it's more like 50. And nah, that's kind of like, and so when I'm talking to customers, I say like an LED T8 tube is like the life of two fluorescent tubes. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Exactly.
4: And the for forecasting information Leslie just announced last week. Because uh, her little baby, she started three, uh, three four months ago, which uh, she created a TA, CCT. Oh, yeah. 35, 41, 5,000 will be available next month.
3: I don't have so, children. I have products.
4: Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, a that's very awesome. one. It's one. It's a cool one. Yeah. It's yeah. A, we have a, a type of thirty five, forty 35, 41, 5,000. Just in case people like to have just carry one. So here's the product.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. And my my last question is now on the commercial side. We talked a little about residential. Do you think in this year, and I know we're just guessing here, but we're just going to talk about as a renovation side of things, is it going to increase because we need to change workspaces that people are in, or is it going to decrease because no one's going to the workplaces? Or is it just, you know, at some point it's going to change, but where, where are we at with that? Mike, you got any opinion before we get into Ellis and
1: yeah, I, I ask, the, that... ask the question more clearly. Ask the question more clearly. Ask it exactly.
0: The commercial renovation side of of business, retrofits, which we're in, is is that business going to, is there an increase going to happen because we need to change all the workplaces we're in? Or is there going to be a decrease because no one's going to the workplaces that they're in?
3: I personally think it's going to change. So we're starting to see a lot of, you know, places, at least here, And looking at what's happening around the country and speaking with other people, you're seeing a lot of places that have closed down, opening back up as something different, kind of changing the way that they're doing things, um, flipping things over. And with that, they go through major renovations. So office spaces, I don't know, but you see things like restaurants, retail locations, those places morph and transition. At least we're seeing a lot of that in Northeast Ohio, this place closed and now Three months later, it's opening as this, or this chef shut down their big restaurant, and now they're flipping it to a fast, casual experience. So that's a complete renovation of that space. So we're starting to see that market change a bit. The one that's interesting to me is I'm getting more and more requests through my salespeople for warehouses and large facilities that are still being built or being changed over, and they want to change over to LED. So I, I think it's a little soon to tell, but there's a lot of change happening and a lot of things brewing on that project side.
1: For sure. Well, I think my – my yeah, you, Alice, we need my, your comment.
4: Mike, you go first. Then, then I go second. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, okay. So I think that the, the the idea of um, – there's a lot of people – okay, so I'm going to give you guys a statistic, Okay. Right now, 99.9968% of Ontario's population does not have COVID-19. Okay? 99.9968. Okay? So that's the... that's I just inverted their numbers. So they're giving people the case count, and then I took the case count, and I divided it by the population. Because the case count sounds high, so it scares people. But then, when you divide it by the population, it actually doesn't really seem that high, to be honest with you. No, it's like a flu. Okay. Hmm? I, I I think it is. I've had COVID 19. I didn't have any symptoms at all. So I don't even know if it is like a flu. It depends on your age. I don't want to get into COVID, though. It's <laughs> like discussing what it is. Can we have your blood? Can we that- suck your blood? <laughs> Can we suck your blood? Yeah. We yeah. have
4: antibiotics. Yes, we share with you. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm rolling up my sleeve anyway. So um, the, but no, I, 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 you know, for me, I think the issue is that, but because of the way this has been presented and the reaction of our politicians to it, okay. Our leaders, so I was talking about leadership. Okay. The reaction of our politicians to it. And then we have a whole other conspiracy side of it. That's talking about how horrible the vaccine is, and get, everybody's putting out the same numbers differently. Like they're they're taking the same numbers, and they're presenting them differently, which is what I just did. Let's just take the same number but present it in a different way and see how people feel about it. I think of humans are not stupid. People are people are not stupid. Okay, what what's happening is everybody's waiting and waiting and waiting, and for this vaccine and da 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 and this sort of stuff. I think there's one one thing. I think people will either be permanently scared to be with other people. There'll be a certain percentage of the population that will be is permanently has PTSD from this and will never go. That would go to a mall before. Wasn't like this before. Okay. But now because of COVID and masks and all this stuff, will never go back to a mall again or a movie theater or a hockey game or a football game. They just won't do it. They're scared permanently. They, have, they literally have PTSD from it, okay? But I think there's a lot of people that are waiting for, like, the lighting industry and other industries to come up with a little bit of hygiene theater for them. And I say this with all seriousness, right? So we know that upper air UVC disinfection actually works. We know that surface disinfection can work in certain applications. What we need to do, in my opinion, is deploy it and then make it theatrical. And I hate to say that's the only word I can think of. I wish there was a better word. But, like, let's say you have an upper air disinfection machine on at the hockey game. We just have all those green lights on that say air is being purified of COVID 19 because the green light is on. And I think most people, there'll be a section that's totally. Uh, Completely devastated for the rest of their lives, sadly. But I think most people will be like, Yeah, great. We got, see, the lights on. Let's do it. Let's party. Let's go to a hockey game. The green lights on. You see the green light, whether that's from HVAC or lighting or whatever. We need to signal to people that we've done something so that now they can enter the space. And I think the vaccine is that. I think a lot of this vaccination stuff, um, is a way to accelerate or do something to give people a sense that now this is over so move on right i hope that's my hope and i think the lighting industry can can help facilitate the we were talking about the 33300 remember that greg you guys know the 33300 mm-hmm. that rule 3% is energy and maintenance 30% is real estate 300 is the cost of the people in the building if we can't get the people in the building, none of the other two matter anyway, right? So we've inverted that. So as a society, we have to signal people with something to tell them that it's actually safe. Even if it's only 3% safer, or I hate the word safe now, but even if it's like 3% of the air is disinfected, if it's doing something that increases the purity of the air and in- increases the, the, cl- uh, these, um, The disinfection of the toilet or whatever it is in the public space you're trying to do, we need to advertise that, that that's happening so that people can then be signaled that now it's safe. And whether or not it's 3% or 10% or 15% or 40% more safe, does does the percentage really matter or is the fact that it's efficacious matter? That's what I think has to happen. And if we do that, he, I think the vast majority of people will return to going to hockey games and malls and movie theaters and everything else because they're going crazy at home right now. That was a little bit longer than I wanted, Ellis. But I, I think. <laughs> okay,
4: can I have my turn now?
1: Yes, go. Yes. <laughs> I haven't said anything yet. Okay, I,
4: you, you are very philosophical. You are very, uh, your analysis is very correct. I, but I come in from the other end, pure number end. Okay, I believe if you look at the entire commercial road today, okay, the penetration for the retrofitting maybe I would say 25% to 28%. So you, in other words, you have a more than 70% has not been touched yet. Okay, mm-hmm. let's start with that. So based on uh 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 Michael, what you're talking about right now, okay, matter what happens, just by the fear you're just talking about, okay? I instantly discount this 70% by 10%. Because by perception, things will slow down a little bit. But even your discount of 10%, the open market is still huge because penetration level is very low. So based on that, if you look at open or over market, it's there. But if you look at individual company, that's a different story. Totally different story, okay? Like we go back to the beginning of the show, some people feel, oh my God, what's going to happen? So they pull back. We take a different approach. We're using this opportunity improve our operation, improve our customer service, improve the cost of the products. We bring in new products in, so we position ourselves better than before. That's how we see it. So for us, for myself, Leslie, the team here, we see a huge opportunity for us. But maybe not for other people. But overall, like I said, okay, by perception, because uh, Michael, you're absolutely correct, by perception, I think the overall market will drop 10%, just by perception. Simply said, it just thinks it's slowing down, just slowing down, mm. okay? I think about human nature. We are human. We love to talk to each other. We love to kind of drive each other's nuts, okay? That's human nature, which means eventually everybody have to come back again, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, you will still have a few days working at home, this said that, but by human nature, I said, we need to
1: kind of communicate it in mm-hmm. person. So that's my two-hand. Well, I look Perfect. forward to seeing you again in person, Eliseon, and sooner rather yeah, yeah, than later. Absolutely, <laughs> right. So yeah. we can come back. Oh, okay. well, That's right. come on, man. And <laughs> Leslie, Matt, I want to meet you as well. I have never met you. And and of course, Nikki Toigu and all the great people at TCP. Thank you very much, as always, Ellis and, and Leslie, for coming on the show and spending some time to chat with us. Um, yeah, for being guests on the show. And we love having you. So can't wait to do it again.
4: Yeah, We really enjoyed talking to you yeah. guys.
0: Thank you.
1: Okay. Sounds good tcpi.com baby greg coming in hot color selectable tubes
0: that's right make it easy for you again and i've said this before about tcp but what they do is make you just go out and sell the product sell the concept sell the idea of it and then don't worry about all the little detail like what color do i need you can pick here it is pick which one do you want you want that office in 35 that one in four no problem I it's want all fun. three tubes different colors in one
1: fixture. Go for it, you man! You can do that. Go <laughs> you for can do it. That.
0: <laughs> yeah, so four foot type B, color selectable tube. Awesome product. I'm excited for sure. about it coming in.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's it's something that you got to have in your in your in your quiver, man. That little whoosh, whoosh, you go after it. So go to tcpi.com. I know Scotty's showing all you peeps out there the cut sheet. If you're watching it on video. Um, The National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, man, TCP's been a long time vendor member of that organization, of our organization, Greg. And why should you be a member? You know why? Because what? We got, we worked with other uh, electrical distributor associations and that to get lighting distributors declared essential services in most states. That's a big one. There's something we did for you just last year. And then on top of that, you got to remember, we got all manner of educational programs and being a member of Nailed makes you cool. That's right. That's the most important part. You get to be super cool. You get to be a super cool cat. And Come on down. When these conventions start up again, we'll teach you the secret handshake. But for right now, go to NAILD.org and check it out. And, of course, Alice Yon and Leslie Matt. What a combo that is, Greg.
0: Great podcast. Glad you listened. Boom. See ya, buddy.
1: Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, the Lord is there to find you.